0: Okay, bruchim abom, welcome everyone. We continue with our Shurman sefer va'yikra. Hope everybody had an enjoyable Yomtif. And as Hashem, hopefully by next week, all the people who went to Orlando will be back from then, because I don't think there are any flights. But they're walking, they're walking up north, and hopefully by next week they'll have returned. Um, okay, so the Shurman sefer va'yikra, are sponsored by our dear friends. Dr. Zakhaim, Umeshpachta, Leila Nishmas, Rabshem Eliezer Ben Rav Yaakov Zakhaim, and Leila Nishmas, Dr. Zakhaim's mother, Rivka Bastovia Halevi, may their Nishamais have an Aliyah, Beganeden, Tehei Minuchasam, Shbi Melitza Yisham for their whole family. Tonight's year is sponsored by my dear friend, Ruba Fryan Pinsour, on the occasion of the yard site of his father, Yisra Chayim. Ben Ephraim on this occasion may uh, Rabbi Ephraim's father have an aliyah and be a male for his whole family okay some public service announcements um, really very uncomfortable doing this um, many of you know already we're looking to uh, um, build a Torah center here in Cedarhurst and uh, we're going to be having a campaign uh, around Lagwa Omer time. But if anybody wants to be from the Asura Rishonim, and, or even obviate the need to have a campaign, then we very much welcome that. So if anybody listening wants to be Mesh be from the Asura Rishonim, those Hashem, the Torah Center, will have a very far reach, and you can have a chilek in Harvat Torah. Uh, whatever you can do to help us. Bracha. Okay, Parshas Mois. Here's the disclaimer. Tonight's year is a very dangerous year. It's a very dangerous share, and if you don't understand it, just forget the whole share and wait till next week. If you're not, if you can't wrap your head around it, just make believe it never happened. If you don't really understand it, don't say it over at the Shabbos table. Take out some parsha sheet and say over some cheesy dvar You know that makes everybody feel good. But I, I believe that there's a certain um, very important truth that we're going to study tonight. That uh, we could use emphasis on in our times. Tonight we're going to talk about a very big temptation that I know many of you feel sometimes, and uh, we're going to try to overcome it, and that is not to sacrifice your children to meilach. I know it's a very big problem in our generation, people taking their children, throwing them into the conflagration of meilach, especially, you know, on a long yomtif, and the kids are misbehaving, and you have that, you know, all of a sudden you never thought of it before. But, you know, the Yetzirah says, why don't you just offer them... No, I'm just joking. But, um, nevertheless, I don't think most people have this uh, taiva to offer their children to Melech. But first we're going to identify what exactly is this uh, idol worship. Um, the Pasuk says, From your children do not give to pass on to Melech. So what's this solution of avir? Do not desecrate the name of your God. I am Hashem. So Rashi says, Moilech is a form of Ave The name of Ave is Moilech. And the way you worship it is you give your children over to the priest. And they make two fires. And Rashi learns you just pass the kid through the fire. So Rashi says two things. You hand the kid over to the priest. The priest passed the kid through between the fire, so what happens to the kid? Happens to the kid. You thought you're gonna take care of the issue. No, no, the kid's coming home with you. Nothing happens to the kid. The kid is just walking through the fire. Loisitain zuhi misirase lakarmam. Loisitain is you're now to give it to the kid to the priest. La havir zuha to pass through the fire. In other words, you're only chayiv if a you give the kid to the priest. B the priest sends the kid through the fire. And Rashi reiterates his opinion, where Rashi learns that nothing happens to the child in the worship of the molah Rashi brings two opinions. Either there's a fire on both sides, and the priest brings the kid through the fire. I, Rashi, says says when he was passed through the fire, the mother um, smeared him with salamandra blood, which, makes, which <coughs> makes him impervious to the fire. So it sounds like, in fact, the kid does get burnt. So Rashi says, nah, that was a different kind of idolatry. That was the idolatry of safarium And their taka, they do barbecue the kids, but moilach is not a real barbecue. Moilach is uh, just you pass through the fire. Or Rashi says, another pshat, they make a pit, they make a fire in the pit, they jump over the fire. And nothing happens to the kid. There's no barbecue going on. That is the Shita of Rashi. The Rambam in Hilkas Abedazara Perak Vav Gimel concurs with Shitas Rashi. He says uh, a few lines from the end. Mm-hmm. You're not burning the kid. He's just passing through. That's the. I, what's What's wrong with that? It's a worship of Avaydazara. Yeah. Now, the Rambam disagrees with Rashi in the sense that Rashi says, you give the kid to the priest, and the priest takes the kid through the fire. And Rashi, and the Rambam learns, you give the kid to the priest. Now the kid is the priest. The priest gives the kid back to the father, and then the father brings the kid through the fire on behalf of the priest. In, In other words, everyone agrees you have to give the kid to the priest. Who's passing the kid through the fire? Rashi learns the priest. The Rambam says, I have to give it to the priest, the priest gives it back to dad. Okay, the Rambam in the Parish HaMishnayas says differently, the Rambam in the Parish says like Rashi, that you give the kid to the priest, the priest brings the kid through the fire. And therefore, either way, if a priest knocks on your door, you should not give the kid to the priest, even if the, whether the priest is going to put the kid through the fire or give it back to you, either way, you should try to avoid either practice. In case you were wondering, in case you had the desire to do so. Comes the Ramban, the Ramban disagrees. The Ramban says, not like Rashi, and not like the Rambam. in the opinion of the Ramban, Ha'avara means the kid gets passed through the fire. And the Ramban brings many proofs from various Pesukim and Tanakh that indicate that the kid is not surviving because the Pesukim use the Lashon of Shechita, which implies um, uh, taking the kid's life, and uh, the kid being saraf, and the opinion of the Ramban is moilach is oscar when the kid dies. That's the of the Ramban. The Ramban says it's only if the father passes the kid through the fire and the kid, chas is burnt. I asked the Ramban, the Gemara has a drasha, that it's the issers on the father, but the one being passed through the fire is not punished. Right, the Gemara Darshan only the father who passes the kid through the fire is punished. But the kid is not punished. Says Ramban, why is the kid's not punished. I thought the kid is being burnt in the fire. So why, do we, why is it relevant whether the kid is punished or not? Why do we need a drasha that the kid is not punished? If according to Maishita, the kid is being burnt. Says Ramban, because the way the kid is burnt by the fire is the father passes the kid through the fire many, many times. So the first time, the kid is only getting a little bit burnt, and the next time a little bit better done, more well done, and the third time, you know, medium, and then more, and then until finally it's mamish, uh, it's a full fledged barbecue. But the Ramban says the first time the kid is not uh, burnt completely, and th- at that point in time the father is already chayiv, and the kid is pater. And the Ramban brings various proofs that this is in fact what the Yavedizara of Moilach was. And then the Ramban asks, I, but in discussing other ty- types of I- idolatry, like six lines from the end of the, Ra- the Ramban, by the Safruim, there it says they burnt the kid in the fire completely, which indicates only Safruim was al but the other, Melech, was the, the kid was just passing through? No. Ramban says Moilech is also the kid is burnt. But Moilech, the kid is passing through and in the course of passing through the kid is burnt. Safruyim, the kid remains on the fire until he becomes deshen, complete ashes. That's the shita of the Ramadan. Okay? So therefore, now that we know the sugyah, avoid either practice at all costs. The Sefer Achinuch wants to know what, what exactly is this idolatry? So the Sefer says this was very prevalent in the times of when the Torah was written. Many nations did this, and the Torah warns us against it. Why specifically this Avodah Zarah? According to Ramban, it's Pasha, because you're killing the kid. According to the Rambam, the Torah specifically warns against Melech, because it was a big fad. So the Torah had to steer us away from it. See, so this is the topic you chose to speak about. Uh, I mean, well, what would you speak about, Parsh's Achrei Mice? Anyway, yeah, this is going to be great. Great subject. Here's the, here's the topic for tonight. The Gemara and Sanhedrin Darshans. What if somebody has 17 kids and he gives every last kid to Moilach? He's Pater. It says, from your kids. You're only Chayiv if you leave over some kids. To and the question is, says the Sefer HaChinuch, you would think it's much worse if you give all your kids to Malach. No, you give all your kids to Malach, you're off the hook. You're a good guy. If you give some of your kids to Malach, then you have Misa, you have skila. Why? So the Sefer HaChinuch is troubled by this question. And the Sefer HaChinuch says that here, the bottom line is, when these when these crazy priests try to persuade people to offer the kids to Milach, what was their pitch? Hey, take all your kids on a Cholamite trip and give them to Maylach. Who's going to do that? But the, if the priest says, you know, you want to have Hatzlacha on raising your kids? Give one kid to the gods and in the Zochusa you give one kid to the gods. Your mamish have you and Nachas on the rest of the kids. The rest of the kids will be Metsuyonim, they'll be you have to give one. A, so nobody, the, the priests never had a sales pitch to that to somebody that they should give all their kids to the Mo'elach. The whole pitch was give some of your kids, and you'd be matzliach with the rest of them, because they knew they would never be successful in convincing them to give all their kids. So therefore, the Torah needs to specifically warn against this deceit and this falsehood and this kind of uh, idolatry. But the, the priest would never try to convince somebody to give all their kids. Nobody would ever fall for that. But the sales pitch was give one so the rest would be successful. There's a very interesting sefer called Galilei Zahav that I saw yesterday in the sefer Oitzar Panine Hathaira. Now I had Oitzar Panine Hathaira on Baratheus and Shemais. And after looking through many, many Svaram, and Tuesday was taken away, and I still had no idea what I was going to talk about on Wednesday night, I realized, you know, I looked through many, many options. I even have some ideas. I could not develop them. So I called up the Svaram. And Zundel didn't have it, and Judaica Plus didn't have it. So I called my friend Rabbi Mayor Bronstein and he happened to have two so I drove to Farakwe and he gave me his second copy and when I told him that I was speaking about this topic he could not believe this is <laughs> the topic that I chose but in that sefer it quotes the sefer uh, the sefer Galilei Zav Galilee was written by Rav David Moshkovitz. and this sefer interestingly has a haskama from Rav Yosef Chaim Sonnenfeld and Rav Koch so he had Hazgama from both Sweet. both uh, the full spectrum, the full gamut. And he ha- asked this question, What is Pshad in the Gemara? Where if somebody offers all of their children to they their pater, but if they give some of their kids to Mailach, then they're Chayim. And he says, oh, a really unusual idea. And when I heard the idea... It jogged my memory that I heard this idea a couple times before in other contexts. And the idea is as follows The most important quality in a person is that he should be genuine. Toichai kabarai. And that his actions and his maisim and his activities should be because that's what he believes. Where he's not doing things to impress or to curry favor or to try to show that, yeah, I'm on your side, and then when he goes somewhere else, he does other things to show I'm with you. No. The most important quality is that a person should be toichikabarai. And the worst avir in the world is to be deceitful, and to be hypocrite, and to be wishy-washy. At least it's better to have a backbone, better to be a Russia with a backbone than somebody who blows with the wind. What team do you go for? Well, it depends. Whichever team happens to be in the Super Bowl. No. Better to be a Met fan and never have any nachas ever in your whole life than to root for the team that happens to be in the World Series. Better to root for the Buffalo Bills than the team that don't be a fair weather fan. You have to have a shita, even if you're wrong, and even if it's you're a Russia. Better to be a Russia than not to have any values. Better to have bad values than not to have any values. So, in a certain sense, okay. Now, whatever sport analogies I give, I don't know anything about sports. I I asked somebody to brief me before. This way, I could relate to the people in the audience. No, I'm just joking. Okay. So, um, here it goes. And here's the example the Sefer Zahab Zohar gives. So you have Rivka, you may know. And she's, uh, she's not uh, fertile. She can't have kids. And she waited five years, ten years. And she called up all the organizations of time Oilam nobody could help her and she davens and she davens. and finally she's she's having uh, she's pregnant and she passes by the shul and this kid is kicking to get out and then she passes by the church and someone's kicking to get out and rusko says what do i need this for who needs to be pregnant better not have any kids at all i'd rather i'd rather go my whole life being barren than I don't understand. She waited her whole life to have kids. She's having a kid. And then finally she goes to the Navi, and the Navi says, don't worry, you're going to have two kids. One kid is going to be the Roishma, the Nasi, the Mayasas, and the other kid is going to be a serial mass murderer. Oh, she says, Baruch Hashem, what this is great, this is wonderful. What did she think she was having? And how did the fact that they told her that she's having a serial killer, how did that assuage her, her anxiety? Says the Sefer Galilei Zahav. And later I saw that the Sefer Parpera Satoya brings this from Rav Shadran. And the Briskerov said, the Chesam Seifer says this. When I was in Yeshiva, they used to say this from Navardak. She thought she was having a fair weather fan. She thought, what kind of kid was she having? A kid. That when he hangs out with good people, he learns any Dobbins. And when he hangs out with bad people, he does the wrong thing. So what kind of guy is this? A guy with no backbone. So somebody like that has no hope. Somebody like that has no future because they have no values. They don't believe in anything. They just go with the flow. When they're with good people, when they pass by a show, they go to learn. When they pass by the movies, they go to the movies. Where It's, it's for the moment. It's, it's whimsical. So Rivka thought, forget it. This kid has no chance. This kid has no backbone. He's wishy-washy. So when they said, don't worry, you're going to have a or great. You're going to have a serial killer, great. At least he believes in something. He believes in killing people. And one day someone's going to influence him and he could be a good person. But if someone doesn't believe in anything, they're hopeless. And now you see why it's a dangerous here, right? So says the Galilee of, that is what Rivka was worried about. She was worried the kid was a hafahfah. The kid was a politician. He just carried favor with anybody. He just went with whoever he happened to be next to. The seal. What? The seal. The seal, right. <laughs> Very good. Is that what we said? I remember someone. He's uh but he's Ba'arat Subayam, so he's a Tameh, right? Here's a guy, he has 17 kids, he gives them all to Mylak. Alright! It's not so bad. What do you mean? He's killing all his kids. No, he's a man of principle. He believes in Mailach. He believes in the Savoy de Zara. He thinks that this Havai zara is the source of salvation. He believes this is the source of Hatzlacha. He believes in Melech, and nobody's going to change his mind. He's stubborn like a mule. He's loyal to the Melech. All right, he's not a great guy, but at least he's off the hook, because he is a genuine person. He's genuinely rotten, but at least he's genuine. He's straight. He's toichai kabarai. He does what he believes in. But a guy who gives some of his kids to Melech and the other kids are learning in Lakewood, the guy doesn't believe in anything. Who does he believe in? Does he believe in God or does he believe in Abed He can't make up his mind. He's trying to please everyone. So when he goes here, he plays lip service to the Melech. And when he goes there, he plays lip service to the Baruch Hu. That guy is Chayev Skila. Why? Because worse than wickedness is hypocrisy. That's the approach of the Guli Lezahav. It's an interesting idea. Especially when you realize that uh, the briskarov says that's how the Chassam Soifer explained the rationale for why Rivka was so nervous when she passed by the house of Avodah Zara. One of them was uh, kicking. This kid was kicking to get out and when she passed by the house of the kid was kicking together, she thought the kid was mixed up, he has no values, he has no morals, he has no backbone. And that jogged my mind to a few other similarities. Now they're not exactly parallel, it's not exactly the same as Rivka with Yaakov and Esav, it's not exactly the same as Moilach. but I think if you uh, open your mind a little bit, you'll see somewhat of a parallel. Here you have a guy, he walks into the show, he says, you okay, everything alright? Yeah, I'm alright. So what's that uh, white spot? Oh, that white spot? I'm not sure. Did you go to a coin recently? Nah, I have an appointment uh, this afternoon. Okay, he goes to the coin, he has a white spot. The coin says he have saras, the guy, we lock him up. The guy is covered head to toe with saras, except he has a little open healthy flesh, he's tamayin. Then another guy walks into shul, says, well, what's going on with you? You look white like a ghost. Nah, it's not Saras. It looks exactly like the other. No, my whole body is covered with Saras. A guy whose entire body is covered with Saras, what's his din? He's Tahar. The guy who's half Saras, half not Saras, he's okay. What's the pshat? So the Rama, the Ramah wrote a sefer on uh, mitzrayas kashalag, but not her whole body. She had a, she had a nega, but if somebody that has whole, with her. we don't know. But if says she had saras, that means she had the, uh, whatever would whatever would render her a mitzraya. Bottom line is the Rama uh, says, what's the reason why someone who is totally uh, covered with saras from head to toe is. Tahar, and someone who has a nega is Tameh, the Rama in the Sefer Taras HaOyla explains as follows. A very interesting pshat. He says, Saras was a, out, was a external manifestation of the corruption and the improper attitudes and midas that lay dormant on the inside. So if somebody is covered from head to toe with Saras, that meant they're rotten to the core. They have no redeeming qualities at all. Everything about them is bad. We don't have to make that person tell me. You know why? Because they have no redeeming qualities. Nobody's going to learn from them. Nobody's going to hang out with them. No one's going to associate with them. Nobody's going to think that there's something to emulate. However, someone who's only partially... Covered with saras, that means there's still some good qualities that the person has, so people who associate with them might say, oh, they're in general a good person or have, they have this good quality, so I'll learn from them and people are not going to know to stay away. So therefore, somebody who is somewhat covered with saras, we have to render them tamis so that other people stay away from them. But according to the, way, the, the approach that we're developing over here, perhaps someone who is completely covered with saras He's not as bad. Why? Because he's just rotten to the core. So he's genuinely bad. He's really genuinely bad. And someone who's genuinely bad is not so bad because he's bad, but he's genuine. He believes in Ra, so at least he believes in Ra. So we don't have to lock him up. But the guy who can't make up his mind whether is he with God or is he not with God, you know, what is he? Eh, I'm not sure have good days and bad days, good hours and bad hours. I don't know what I believe in. You know, where do we have such an idea? We have this explicitly in Navi. Where Elioh Navi, on Mount Carmel, he had all these uh, people who were on the fence. And Elioh said once and for all, he said, I understand you guys. If you're with me, then be on my team. And if you're with Baal, go to Baal. How long you gonna straddle the fence? Think about it. Here you have a guy. It's Like, imagine telling a guy he's sitting. He sits, you know. He comes to shul at ten thirty. He sits in between the entrance and the exit. He doesn't know if he wants to come in or not. So imagine you say, either come in or leave. We mean either leave. How can you tell somebody to leave? Can tell someone to. Leave. You can tell someone to leave. Yeah. Because you can't sit in the threshold. you got to decide in life. Are you in or are you out? Better to be out than halfway in and halfway in. Either you're with God. Can you imagine? Eliyahu Anabhi said, I don't want you to be partially with God. Either you're with God or you're with Avoytah Zarah. Think about what Eliyahu Anabhi is saying. Eliyahu Anabhi is saying, don't straddle the fence. God would rather you be with Mr. Idol named Baal then be like, you know, hemming and hoeing and wishy-washy and playing lip service to both. No problem! You'll be better. you have a better spot in oil and oil above. You just stick with the bala. At least then you're a straightforward, honest guy. Now you see why this is a dangerous share. If, you, if, if you're not getting this, just make believe this never happened. Maybe that's the pshan, that's haras, that That's someone who's sort of uh, this way and that way. Maybe it's the wor- it's a it's a bigger corruption of the human personality, not to have a value at all than to uh, be. In other words, what would you say is worse? You know, what is it called? Someone who doesn't care if there's a god. What is that called? An agnostic. No. Way. Yes, something like that. So, what's worse, an agnostic or an atheist? So, of course, I mean, until the Shira say, of course. An atheist doesn't believe in God. Yeah, but at least he, he has a shita. Now again, this is in a certain dimension. Don't like take this to the moon. Don't like, you know. Obviously, you know, in many, many ways it's worse to be in Russia than to be, you know, in between. At least someone's in between. He's in the game, he's in the fight, he's in. But there's a certain uh, kernel of truth to this idea, okay? So don't, you know, take it with a certain grain of salt. But Take it. There's a certain value of having a value. Of not being just like, you know, mush. Not being a marshmallow. You ready for this one? This is wild. Anyone get a new suit for Pesach? Nobody wants to admit. No. Some people get a new suit for Pesach. Anyone get a new suit for Pesach and check it for shotness. No. You know what shotness is? You know the, the ancient Hebrews have a practice that they don't... Uh, they don't wear wool and linen together. You ever hear that practice of the Hebraic nation? So the Torah says, yachtov. You can't wear wool and linen together. So Pasha Pasha is a choyk. Rashi always says, Shatness is a choyk. Comes Perke He says, No, there's a very simple reason for shatness. There's a, a man by the name of Kayan. And his carbon was Zarapishtan, linen, flax. Remember Kayin brought flax? What did Hevel bring? Sheep, um, wool, um, and God turned to Hevel and to his carbon. Says the Medrash, Rabbi Shulben Karach number thirteen. I'm minchas the Hevel Do not mix the offering of Kayen and Hevel ever. Don't mix Cain and Hevel. Cain is linen, Hevel is wool. And Cain is the first murderer, so you don't want to mix Cain with Hevel. So don't mix linen with wool. You you know that reason? You know how to wear wool and linen together because linen is Cain and wool is Hevel. You heard that before? So Avigdor Miller asked one simple question. Really? The reason we can't wear Shadness is because Cain is linen? So then you shouldn't be able to wear linen. Are you allowed to wear linen? Of course, you're allowed to wear linen. Why somebody would wear linen? I don't know. Creases right away. But I'm allowed to wear linen. So if the reason you're not allowed to wear shan is because you can't mix the murderer with the good guy, so then you shouldn't be able to wear linen at all. Says Rav Miller. No. There's a place for Kyan in the world. Cain wasn't the best person in the world. He was the first murderer. But nobody's perfect. And he made a misstep. He had a reason for it. And even for people who are not worthy, there's a place for them in the world. And however, you can't mix them with that which is good. Linen is okay. Evil is okay, but evil can never be mixed with toif. Toif has to be remain pure, has to remain pristine. Worse than evil is an admixture of good and evil. Because then the purity, then that which is good, is no longer. Then you have nothing good in this world. So Rav Miller says, In the safer awake my glory. But whatever he was, Cain is the first to shed human blood. Therefore, though the less worthy have a place in the world and may be necessary for the world, yet we are admonished not to mingle with them. This is not merely because of fear of contagion, but the mere fact of mingling, even without further developments, immediately alters the character of the more virtuous and changes their status. We need the not-so-virtuous ones in this world. The nations of the world are valuable, but mingling with them is a tragedy for Israel. Alas, says Hashem, that's for my children, since I exile them among the nations of the world. You know, the, the Natsiv was the Rosh Shiva of Velazhen for 40 years. The Russian government came and said, Natsiv, you have to have limude choyal in the yeshiva. For how long? One hour a day. The Natsiv came along and he closed the yeshiva. For, for how long? Forever. The Velazhen yeshiva was closed. He told his son, no matter what, the yeshiva can only remain open if. It only has Limude Khardash. Maybe there is a time in life to learn Limudei Khail. But it cannot be mixed with Makay That was the opinion of the Natsiv Not offering, I'm not telling you my opinion, I'm not telling you anyone else's opinion. I'm telling you what the Shita, of the Netziv was, where he closed the Volajanar Yeshiva. His opinion was that worse than Ra, there's a place for Ra. There's a place for Khail. The Reb Chaim Berlin, the son of um, the Nitziv, he uh, said that his father told me that um, this idea is marumas in the Torah. It says, that from there we learn that when you have choyl mixed with Kodesh not only is the choyl not makabal kedusha, but the Koidesh is Miskalkal. And therefore, it's Kedai better not to have any yeshiva at all than to have a mixture. I mean, that's, you know, it was only yeshiva at the time. The Valashan was the first yeshiva. Now apparently, you know, I don't know that that's the hashkafa today, but that's the idea, again, you take it with a grain of salt, you have to know where it applies. But there's such an idea that you have to have a value Here's something else that jogged my mind. Ravasi is reminding me there's a Mishnah that talks about the Kelev Hayam, a seal. And it's matame, And the Mishnah says Matameh because it lives in the water and it lives on the dry land. Now wait a second. Things that live on the dry land are not necessarily matame. Things that live in the water are matame. But it seems um, the Bali must have explained that this seal is netame because it has no value. What is it? Eh, it could hang out in the dry land. It could hang out in the water. If it meets a water guy, it could hang out in the water with him. It could meet the land guy. It could hang out in land. What am I? I'm nothing. I'm a politician. Today I'm a Democrat. Tomorrow I'm a Republican. Whoever is going to give me money, that's what I am. And that's worse. Better to be... In a certain dimension, better to be a Russia. Yeah. So, um, Finally, somebody got so aggravated with what I was saying. Yeah? In, in your opinion, um, maybe like the conservative movement, would you, uh, would you say that maybe it's perhaps better not to be Jewish at all or to be conservative? Right. So, let's say without. Mentioning any specific denomination, perhaps better not to observe Jewish law at all than to observe some kind of quasi-invented, concocted version of Judaism. You know. Yeah. Would the Gemara agree with that? I mean, you know, unfortunately the Gemara wasn't, you know, uh, written at that time, but with the Gemara It's also, it's it's a great debate, you know, because some would say, you know, what do you do? You tell, to, to, let's say let's say you have a Jew. He's not he doesn't live in an orthodox neighborhood. He doesn't doesn't know orthodoxy. He lives in an area where his affiliation is what we would consider not a genuine form of Jewish observance. And he wants to know, should I go to my temple on Roshani Yom Kippur, or should I stay home? So, is it better to have some form of awareness of God and some form of recognition of the day of judgment, or do we say that 's not authentic, so you know just stay home it 's very difficult to know you know maybe if he belongs to some denomination, then maybe his children will have a fighting shot of one day learning about you know it 's hard to know, but i 'll just bring out a point there 's a point to be made that sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Some people, you know, it's hard to oh, know. The case could be made that they all know that it's not a genuine he form he of. Talks uh, about if tradition. <laughs> There's this telling, you're allowed to drive, you're allowed to do this, you're allowed to do that, you're allowed to change uh, the laws, change for the je- for the year for the for the particular rabbi. For okay, one last one last analogy. Isn't it interesting? You have um, we have four exiles, and the meters tells us Bavel, Madai, Paras, Yavan, and Edoim, correspond to the four animals in the Torah that have one simen. So Madai, Paras, um, Bavel, Paras, and Yavan, who were the empires that ruled over us in times of the first time Mikdash, when we were Oyved Avod Zara Rash Damim, they have they chew their cud, so internally they're good, but externally they don't have split hooves like the Jewish people who are externally evil, and internally they were okay. In times of the second base of we were ruled by Edom. Edom has split hooves, which indicates externally the Jews were learning Torah and doing Chesed, but internally they were corrupt. They had senachina Isn't it interesting? That the biggest enemies of the Jewish people are compared to the four animals that have one kosher simon, and what about you know all the other all the other nations of the world? They're animals that have they don't chew their cud and they don't have split hooves. So isn't it interesting that the biggest um, enemies of the Jews are compared to the animals that have like some kosher symbol? As if to say, you know, the nations of the world that are just Tameh and have no kosher signs, they're not so bad. They never, they never harmed us. They don't dominate us. They don't try to hurt us. They don't afflict us. Because at least they're just bad through and through. So they have that good quality that they're not pretenders. If you're going to be bad, just be bad. But don't be a pretender. You know who the real enemies are? The pretenders. The pig who has split hooves. He have split hooves. Uh, the ones that chew their cud. So basically, the lesson of this year is not to say, well, you know, I thought I would just do a little good things, but now forget it. Now I'm learning that just be a complete Russia. You know, this is the best year I ever heard. The point is... <laughs> As I said, if, if you're not getting this share, just forget it, it ever happened. But uh, the, the, the limud is that before a person could be from an observant and a yorei shamayim, you first have to be a person. And a person is somebody who has loyalty to that which he believes in and that his actions are actually an outgrowth of what he believes, and he's not just trying to curry favor with people, or movements, or, or places. A person's a genuine person, and he acts upon his beliefs. And now we're ready to train ourselves to have the proper beliefs. And therefore, somebody who offers all of his children to Melech, in a certain sense, is not as bad as someone who gives some of them, as if to say, he doesn't know who he believes, believes in, he's just trying to curry favor, with everyone. we're off to a great start in uh, after Pesach and this is Shem next week Parsha's Kadoshem. Wishing everyone Brahvat Slacha Khal.